Welcome to the Details of Life with Marcus Wilson. I am your host, Marcus Wilson. And ladies and gentlemen, I just got to say thank you. I had no idea that we would be at this point so far along so quickly when I first started this. This started back in January and I had just tweeted out on April 7th that we had just crossed over 10,000 views. I was pumped. Three months, 10,000 views. Let's get it, right? Just on April 18th, 11 days later, 25,000 views. So 15,000 views in that short amount in 11 days, right? A lot of that had to do with the fact that I had five episodes consecutively last week for AU week. And, there, and that was received very well. You know, I want to give a shout out to all those AU teams that participated in that, shared what makes them successful, you know, and, and highlighted their programs. You know, one thing I will say about that is, you know, I realize for anybody that saw more than one episode, you, you, you notice that I asked everybody the same questions. And I did that intentionally because I didn't want anybody to feel like I was giving someone an opportunity that I didn't give the other. All these guys are my friends. I doubt I'll be a college basketball coach again, but if I am, I'm going to need these guys. You can guarantee that if I'm a college basketball coach, I'm going to have players on my roster from these teams because I have relationships with them. They know who I am. They know I know the game. They know I care about kids. They would feel comfortable sending their kids to me. I couldn't jeopardize that getting off script and getting into a conversation with this team that I didn't get into with that team. And so I stayed pretty rigid, which there were times that I really wanted to engage more, but I just wanted to be as fair as possible. So hopefully you can work with me through that. Um, now we're back to just talking, right? And the next guest I have coming on, uh, associate head coach at Kansas State, Chris Lowry. This guy is an awesome guy from Evansville. You guys know I played ball at University of Evansville, so common friends, a lot of similarities. Um, he was a part of that that run in the 2000s. Any of you guys that are older enough to remember that when Southern Illinois was really, really good, they were like four seeds in the tournament. No one wanted to play them. They were the mid-major that no one wanted to play. He was a part of that stretch, right? Coach of the year in the MVC. But, you know, the thing I love about Chris in this, this, this session is, man, he was just real. You know, a lot of times coaches come on here and they want to be very politically correct and not say things that may be offensive. We talked about him getting let go from uh, Southern Illinois, which was his alma mater. We talked about the Kansas-Kansas State brawl this year. We even talked about a tragedy that has struck his life and how he how's that how that has affected him. So there's a lot of gems in here. And, of course, we talk basketball. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. Enough of me talking. Let's go ahead and dive in with associate head coach at Kansas State, Chris Lowry. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Like I just prefaced, today I have Kansas State's associate head coach and my friend Chris Lowry. How you doing, Chris? Doing great, Marcus. Thanks for having me on. Man, thanks for making the time to come on, and we'll go ahead and dive right in. You know, I know of you a lot because I play at the University of Evansville. You're from Evansville. I know you had a really good career and, and, and played with some uh, some really good players. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and, and about your high school career and some of the people that you played with in high school. Obviously, being from uh, Evansville, Indiana, uptown, as we call it, um, you know, across the tracks of people from University of Evansville call it. But, uh, you know, it, it's a great, it was a great time. I played with great high school players, Calvert Chaney, obviously, an all-time great in the Big Ten and at IU and in, in Evansville High School history. And then Calvert, I mean, uh, Walter McCarty, terrific player as well, Kentucky, um, national championship uh, player at Kentucky and an NBA veteran for several years um, you know just playing with those guys then you got the head coach at, at Clemson Brad Brunel um, 
Kevin Hardy, the great linebacker from Illinois. Brent Kelly played at Evansville, I think, right before you or maybe before your time there. So yeah. we, we had great talent at our high school, which resulted in guys having great careers uh, in, in college. Man, that's impressive. I, I knew a little bit about Harrison history, and I, I knew all that. I forgot about Coach Burnell, man. You guys really put out some talent up there, which leads into the next thing. You've continued to have success in every step of the way. And I just found this out recently that you're the only person in NBC history to, as a player, to play in the NIT, coaching in NIT, play in the NCAA tournament, coaching the NCAA tournament. What are some of the things that have helped you have that much success on, you know, for all the way from high school, all the way through your career as a player and I coach? Think, I think being determined, you know, um, when you're a little guy, you, people tell you too little to do this. You're not good enough to do that. I think just being determined that, I was going to get a scholarship, then determined not it's going to be a scholarship, it's going to be a Division One scholarship. And then from there, once I get there, I'm going to make an impact where people don't think that I could possibly uh, play. So, you know, I always have been a fighter and, and a guy who's considered underdog, um, but consistency is so big in, in everything you do. And being consistently diligent in your work ethic, I think, is the one thing I think people will, will say if, if you ask them about me. I can concur. I remember seeing you play. Uh, you were scrappy and tough and a leader, which continued on as a coach. And I remember anybody in the Midwest and in the country, really, remember in the 2000s, no one in the country wanted to play Southern Illinois because you guys were talented. You were tough. You played defense. Um, you had a great run there. Went to NCAA tournament, Sweet 16, NBC Coach of the Year, all of that great success. Like myself, I was also let go when I was at SLU. And five years later, after all that success, you were let go there. What I want to talk about, though, is I believe sincerely that you're going to be a head coach in a matter of time. So what did you learn from that experience, the successes and failures that you think are, you're going to be able to enable you to be a better head coach when you get that opportunity in the future? I think immediately you have to, you have to separate um, the job and yourself. You get fired from the job but you're not a failure. And, and that's the key. You have to understand that not everything lasts and, and being better and understanding how to keep things consistent is, is obviously the things that I learned. And, and so it was hard at first to be fired because it, it, you feel like you've been rejected. You feel like you, you're a failure. And a lot of young people um, let failure deter them too soon because you may fail, but you keep at it. And then something else is going to happen for you. If you stay with it. And I think, you know, obviously coach Weber got fired and I got fired and basically within a couple of days from each other and to get back together and then to be part of what we've done here at Kansas state is an example of that. Like you're going to have ups and downs, especially if you coach long enough, every season is not going to be the season you anticipated or wanted every there's injuries. There's other things. And, and so, learning how to deal with that and not feel the pressurization that every, everything has to be a win, 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 when it's really a process and the process of each year getting better determines the output in terms of the final the piece and what you're able to put on the floor. That's true, man. And I, I remember, like I said, I remember that happening. And I, I remember feeling for you because I know that was where you played and to be let go from your alma mater, I knew it was probably tough, but it also, like you said, you stick with it. And it felt good. It felt just as good for me to see you being inducted into the Hall of Fame there recently. So uh, congratulations on that, man. Um, I want to continue going on with your coaching is 
man, you are a monster here in St. Louis when it comes to recruiting. It seems like if there's a player coming out of here, you got your hands on it all the way from Xavier Sneed to Levi Stocker, you know, even more recently, Luke Kazuki, Davion Bradford. What do you think has led to you having so much success in recruiting and specifically here in the St. Louis area? Um, when I first started kind of messing around in St. Louis, I was at Missouri Southern at a division two, you know, um, even at Ren Lake, we tried to get St. Louis kids. My first job, a junior college job, we tried to get St. Louis kids over uh, to Ren Lake. And then being in Missouri Southern, then going to SEMO, which is directly south, I really got in the door with, with, with some of the AAU people, the high school guys, and then going to Southern. Um, Coach Weber said something the other day to me, and I, you know, we had, I think we had eight guys from the St. Louis area from, on our first Sweet 16 team. And we continue to do that throughout the whole time while we were there. And this is what's interesting. Um, Kent Williams is in the MB, Missouri Valley Hall of Fame. So is Darren Brooks. Those guys were St. Louis Eagles. And if you think about that, that's, that's huge when you consider where those guys, the AU team they chose to play from is the area we've, we've cultivated. Um, and, and when you think about our great team, the 2017 um, at Southern Illinois, Jamal Tatum, Randall Falker, Matt Shaw, um, they were St. Louis Eagles. And, 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 and that's, that's relationship stuff. Guys don't send you kids unless they graduate, they do well, they have success, you help develop them as men, and, and, and really give them a chance to be professionals as, as well. We used to brag about every kid we coached from St. Louis has had a conference championship and played in the, in the NCAA tournament. That went on at Southern Illinois. We did that with so many kids for seven years at Southern Illinois. And at Kansas State, um, DJ Johnson, Sean Williams, Xavier Sneed, and um, Levi Stocker have all played on a conference championship, played in the NCAA tournament from, from St. Louis. So those, those things, when you tell a person that and you tell a community that, and, and with Coach Weber myself being, have recruited those areas for such a long time, we just got great rapport with there. And it's now, it's like my second home now, to be honest. Man, you got me ready to come play for Kansas State. I, I ain't even from St. Louis. I just live here. So uh, I see why. You know, I see those are some of the points I didn't realize. You know, the players that you get here, you take care of them on the court, off the court, get them championships. Why wouldn't they come? So, man, I'm going to go into a, a kind of rocky subject, but I also know I want to get the positive out of this as well. You know, college basketball, a lot of people – saw the Kansas-Kansas State incident this year, um, and I don't want to dwell on that. But what I do want to talk about is after the dust settled, I'm sure there was some inner discipline and there were some suspensions and everything, but after the dust settled, what were some of the messages that you had to convey to your players? You know, I got in a little trouble when I was in college. A lot of guys do. This isn't the first time guys have been through turmoil. So what was the, the maturation process, and what were some of the messages that you told them on how to avoid situations like that in the future? How could they grow from it? I think the number one thing is basketball etiquette. When, when you, we both Indiana boys, man, we grew up knowing the etiquette of the game. When the game is over, the guy's dribbling half court. You just let the game in, you know, you don't steal the ball, try to go get a layup and just, just teaching our guys the etiquette of the game. But you also got to understand the kid too. Um, you know, our young man is from Chicago and they don't, they don't stop playing until that, that horn goes off. And that's the etiquette he learned, you know, but but teaching young men that hey this is this is how you approach the end of a basketball game, you don't ever. And then the, the young man who left, left the bench was a freshman. You don't ever leave the bench, even if that's your homeboy, roommate, best friend. 
the referees will handle it. We don't ever want to do anything like that. So not only the discipline side of it, but also the etiquette and teaching them the right way, because not every kid knows. And, and that's, that's as a fan, as a, as a student of the game, sometimes we get so critical of kids, but, to, but you got to stop and ask yourself, do they, did they know that that was wrong? And, and not really, that that's, that's my maturation as a head coach, but as a young guy, and, I mean, even as, as a young guy, I would have flew off the handle and went crazy on those kids, you know, because, you know, that's always been what's, you know, but you got to discipline somebody when they're wrong. Well, well, this social media with these new millennials, they, you got to explain to them, you know, all, at all times because they don't know. Man, you know what? That's, that's so true. And a lot of coaches don't do that. I just had a podcast with David Raglan and he kind of gave kudos to you for that about how you treated him well on the court and also schooled him as a mentor off the court. And that's what made him a good recruiter and has made him a good coach. And obviously he's learned from someone like you. So that's, man, that's awesome that you have those type of relationships and keep that bond and that family uh, even after the plan days are over. So you guys, we just talked about how you guys often are good evaluators of talent, not just seeing the guy where he's at, but where he's going to end up being. So with COVID-19, you know, taking away some of our uh, live periods right now. Do you see, how do you see that impacting your ability to recruit? And how do you see it? Do you think it'll impact your team or college basketball next year? Well, it really takes you back to the old days when you got to actually watch film of dudes and get, now you can get their huddle account and watch whole games. I think when you watch those games, it's more intimate because you don't have to, you're not being talked to by fans or the parents next to you. Cause sometimes you lose track of the game because people will come up to you and talk to you. How you doing coach? What are you guys going to be? Who are you recruiting? Like, and you, and you obviously got to, you know, you take the time to, to visit with anybody that comes up to you. But when you're in your office and you shut the door and you really evaluate a kid on tape, you just notice things a little more about that kid. You notice, you get to see how he interacts with the bench. You get to see how he interacts with his head coach, how he interacts with the players, because most films don't turn it off during timeouts. You get to see if he's, he's looking at the coach when the coach is talking to him. So, that type of stuff has become more prevalent now because we're actually watching more film and you're actually trusting um, what you saw before Corona, you know, pre-Corona is kind of what we're, we call it here. Pre-Corona, we're trusting our eyes and our instincts. And we're just basically like the old days, trusting head coaches and, and guys who know the kids and really just being on the phone a lot more in this FaceTime and this Zoom stuff. We've done Zoom recruiting. We've done walkthroughs in our in our gym through the 360, you know, virtual reality tours. We're doing that stuff now where you can actually show a kid around your university, around your building with the, just touching the screen. So that, that stuff is really valuable um, for us right now and valuable for the kids because, let's be honest, people are scared. Yeah. Um, uh, people have been that have been recruited are committed to schools that showed loyalty um, before this before we've all been, been been forced to stay at home. Wow, yeah, that's that's, that's some great insight because I was wondering, and that's something else that I was going to ask you is how are you? You know, you you're obviously very family oriented in terms of family with your team and your guys and staying in touch with them. But the guys on your team right now, how are you staying engaged with them and staying in touch with them and keeping them locked in through all this? time of not being able to have as many one-on-one meetings and also not being able to do the player development that would normally be going on right now. It's, it's really interesting because they can't go to gyms. Um, they can't go work out. We our strength and conditioning guy. We, he shoots out videos every morning uh, of workout ball workouts. Even for a player played at Florida state, he's a he, he, ball handling workouts. Um, Cause we sent him, we were able to send him jump ropes 
um, a ball, foam roller. I mean, our guys are spoiled now. I mean, Marks, we need none of that, man. We just and we just dribble to the grocery store and back. You know what I mean? And, and these guys need all these gadgets and stuff. But um, they they we send them this, and so they have to send their video into a group text we have with our players every day. And we put a number, and whoever's the nut wins that number today wins the competition. So we're just doing stuff like that just to help them stay competitive when they can't go out. Because let's be honest, some of these moms are like, no, you're not going outside. You know, you can do it in the garage, you can do it in the backyard. We don't want you to do it in the front because if people see you, they're gonna gravitate towards you and start coming out and seeing how you are. So uh, we've had to be really creative and let moms know that nah, we we we're, we're asking them to do this uh, at this time when they can't, you know, be with us and and, and really work out. Last thing I want to touch on is this is on the details of life. I obviously bring on people who've had success. And so other people can hopefully learn from that. And as we mentioned earlier, you've had success in high school in college as a player in college, as a coach, um, you've coached pros. We didn't even talk about, you know, you've coached with USA basketball. So you, you, you've done a lot of things and, and going on a lot of success in your time. And so I always like to share, try to share that knowledge with others. Do you have any daily habits or do you have any uh, routines or anything that you feel help separate you or help uh, put you in position for success? I think that the, the number one thing is, um, you know, since my son has passed, I've really, you know, when I wake up each day, I'm, I'm so much more thankful um, because the blessing that he was to our family is no longer with us. But every day he's with me when I wake up and, 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 and really appreciating um, his life every day and celebrating it and not just waiting on his birthday or holidays, you know, to think about him. That that's really changed me as my approach to everything. But I think the biggest thing I like to read. And last night I just was went and wrote down. I always look at stuff and try to do a list once a month of books that I want to read. And I, and I think, um, I don't know who I learned that from, but I got a pretty good library in my house and my players come over and they you know they'll see and they were like, what is that? You know? And I just say, go look, you know, go look. And, and they'll pick up stuff and they'll just like, man, I didn't, I didn't know you read this. And, and so that, that type of stuff I pass on because you, you gotta, you have to have some sort of outlet from coaching and recruiting and it's, and it's gotta be, you know, something that you can't be away from your family. I, I don't golf or anything like that because I can't justify on my day off going and being away from them for six or seven hours when I can be at home with them on my free day. So, I mean, that's what I do. Thank you so much for, first of all, being transparent. We had talked a little bit before this, the people don't know this, but we had talked a little bit before this about would I ask a question about your son's passing? I decided not to, but man, it just goes to show the genuineness because I think that's why your players gravitate towards you. People across the country love you. I got a lot of respect for you because it's the same Chris all day, every day. You're not getting one guy one day, one another. It's straight consistency, uh, straight up integrity. I appreciate you for that. And and also, man, I think you made a good point about reading. I saw some things where a lot of great CEOs on the Fortune 500 and Fortune 100, they say read a book a week. So you're on to something, buddy. I'll tell you on to something. And I already said I think that you're going to be a head coach. It's only a matter of time, man. So. Thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for being so transparent and genuine. And good luck to you for the rest of the summer. Hopefully we get a chance to get out and you can get out and recruit and bring some more players to Kansas State. But good luck the rest of the summer and good luck next year, Coach. Thank you, Marcus. I appreciate you having me on, man. All right, brother. Have a good day. You too. Thank you, Chris, for coming on and sharing all that knowledge and being so open and transparent with us. You know, it's very easy to see 
for every, all my listeners out there to see why I said this guy's about to be a head coach. I mean, he's the same guy every day, honest, genuine. There's no fluff at all. It's all real. And so thank you for giving that to, you know, the thousands of people that might watch this. So I appreciate you for that. And for all the listeners, after I sign off right now on this episode, I'm going to leave you with another snippet of Coach Lowry where he's at Kansas State now. You know that he was at Southern, was let go, came back and talked to the team recently and gave some a, a really positive, inspirational speech to those guys. I watched it and was like, man, this is, this is big time. And so make sure you stay tuned in for that. You're going to fall in love with this guy even more. So thank you, Chris. Best of luck to you, brother. Next episode, we have Georgia Tech head coach Josh Pastner. This is another guy that is just, I mean, awesome, man. Like, I, I can tell you guys, I've reached out to several people, and most people end up saying yes about coming on the podcast. You know, I get some arrogant people, or, or maybe I shouldn't call them arrogant, but I get some people that just feels like they're too big for this, and they're just, you know, they either don't get back to me or they just say, I'm not interested. It's not big enough. Um, but Josh Pastner is a coach of a Power 5 conference, guys. You know, it's like this is the elite of the elite. They finished fifth in the ACC. Um, and when I emailed him about this, he, I was thinking, okay, I'll check my email tomorrow. Maybe he'll get back. He emailed me back in 15 minutes. I emailed him another 10 minutes, another 15 minutes. It was done in like 35, 45 minutes. That doesn't happen. I'm trying to tell you. So he came on and was that same person open. Just, we talked and had a lot of great conversations. You got to understand this guy came, started his career, was a player coach at Arizona was coaching some NBA pros as a player, was coaching Mike Bibby, Michael Dickerson, uh, Miles Simon, Jason Terry, as a player there. Proceeded to be assistant coach at Arizona, went on to Memphis, coached under Calipari. At Arizona was under the legendary Lute Olsen, then went to Memphis under Calipari, took over as a head coach at age 32, figured it out, now is at Georgia Tech. So he's been at some major stops along the way. So a lot of you guys that want to know what it's like to be a big-time coach, this is where it's at right now. I mean, you need to listen to this. Pick up what he's putting down. You understand what I'm saying? And, and learn from this because he's going to give you some details on how to be successful. Because what do I always say? That's right. Greatness is in the details, guys. Continue to like, subscribe, and share. Love you guys. Tune in next episode. Peace. This, this place is unbelievable. When you win, unbelievable. This is a high major place when you win. That ain't me trying to gas y'all like y'all say. That's real. This, this is a high major place, man. Because I love this school. This is my school. No matter what happened to me, it's always been my school. When programs take off, when a new coach comes, it's because of the older, it's the seniors that buy in, that do it. They get everybody else to do it, get everybody else to focus. You guys got to understand the discipline side of it can help you win this year. You don't have to wait. You don't have to come back and say, well, that was a transition year. We was there, but we didn't make it happen right now. Why wait? And it could click tomorrow. It could click in January. It could click in March at Arch Madness. Sometimes as a player, you might not like how somebody says something to you. And, and you know how we do. Brothers, we're like, man, yo, my daddy ain't talk to me like that. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm keeping it up. Like, sometimes you may not want to hear it that way. Your daddy ain't hooping with you. He ain't up in that office late at night breaking down film to help y'all get better today. Be brothers. You have issues, address them with each other. 
Don't get in clicks and say, man, that dude, don't do that. Be men. Because at some point you're going to go work for somebody or go be with a group of people with individuals where you got to be a man every day. You don't get to take time. I'm going to be a kid today. I'm going to go, I'm going to sleep in today. I'm not going to pay the mortgage on my house this month. I'm, I'm just going to chill. It's, everything he's telling you is correct and it's proven. You know, that dude's a winner. He's won everywhere. You know, he's, 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 a, he's a pedigreed guy. They never really celebrated. They were, they were like machines. He was crazy. Played so hard that, you know, he broke himself. But he, he came here to win. We were winning at such a high clip, it didn't matter where we played at. You know, and now he's allowed all of us to come back and support this thing the right way. And all of us are coming back to support this. So you guys got a, a lot of people you have no idea in your corner. Eight championships in this place I've been a part of. You know, player, assistant, head coach, and all, all of them are different. But the one thing that, 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 that is, is consistent is that we all worked hard. We loved each other on and off the court. Our guys were one way. We didn't smile, we didn't cheer, we didn't celebrate until that game was over. We was in that locker room, we acted plum food. Well, we acted silly, crazy, but out there, people were scared of us. People, people were terrified. So somebody's gotta be the bad guy. Somebody's gotta be the leader. Somebody's gotta be the guy that, that don't even know it right now. You're gonna have a moment where you save this team. It's in this room. You just gotta trust in it. And he got the formula, he got the staff, you got the right people behind you to be to be a success.